0: toddler and would like to be dismissed. (laughs) All right. Well, we've been going through the book of Galatians, kids, and so today, we, last week, I just want you to know, we took a large chunk. The adults were very patient. We went through a lot of scripture today, or last week, so that today we could only do three verses, and those were the three verses that were so expertly read by our young reader. Good job, Basil. But I want to tell you just a little bit about the book of Galatians, because if I asked you to picture a globe, and on that globe I asked you to make a dot, in your mind, what would it look like if every dot around the globe was a church? How many dots would there be across that entire globe? That would would be tough to picture, wouldn't it? But it would feel like a lot. It would feel like a lot of dots around the entire globe. Well, when Galatians was written, the globe wasn't filled with churches. In fact, if we have a map, I think we have a map that has a few little dots. That right there is probably all the churches that would have been planted at the time that the book of Galatians was written. Jesus had ascended into heaven. He had told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. And when Pentecost happened, that was kind of the First Church, and it was right there in Jerusalem, but life for the Christians in Jerusalem got very difficult over time, and so the authorities in Jerusalem sent the Christians out, not on a mission, but they beat them up, they hurt them, they took things from them, they made their lives difficult, so the Christians had to leave Jerusalem, and guess what they did? They spread the good news with them wherever they went. And by the time that Galatians was written, that's where a lot of the churches were getting set up. Paul had gone and visited some of the ones that are up there in Asia, which is kind of a hard word for us to read because when we think of Asia, we think of like Russia and China, Asia, a continent. So it is good to just get an idea of where we are on the globe. The globe that uh, we do have a globe. There we go. We have a globe. You see that little red dot on the globe over there that's that's the nation the current nation of Turkey you don't see the red dot I have trouble seeing red dots too sometimes you got it we all dialed in on the red dot I'm gonna go show you the red dot the red dot is right there see it there now we hit it it's very difficult to be able to find for those of you at home Hi again, good to see you. But that is essentially this area with our little, you know, uh, on the map, that's really cons- it's consigned to about that, uh, that location on the global map. So if you try to ask the question, how many churches are there today across the entire globe versus how many churches were there when this was written, it's not a lot, is it? This letter might be one of the first ones written to some of the first Christians, especially to the first Christians who weren't Jewish, meaning they didn't live in Jerusalem. They weren't related to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. They weren't part of the 12 tribes of Israel from the Old Testament. They didn't have the story and the history from the Old Testament. They heard about Jesus. They realized that God had come to the earth and they wanted to follow Jesus and they wanted to submit to Jesus as the true king because of what he had done for them. But all the Jews were asking some of these not Jewish people, what are you going to do? Are you going to obey all of our laws in the Old Testament? Are you going to eat the right kinds of foods? Are you going to remember the right kinds of days? Are you going to... Live with your week in the right kind of rhythm, your year in the right kind of rhythm. You're going to celebrate the right holidays. Are you going to make sure you do this and that you don't do that? That's the question that we've been talking about in the book of Galatians. Should Christians have to obey the Old Testament laws in order to be Christians? Especially if you've never obeyed any of the Old Testament laws before. And the the book is taking a little while sometimes. I've talked to a couple adults who said, it feels like a little bit when we get through the first three chapters of Galatians, the first four really, there's a certain sense of, haven't you made your point yet? And the truth is, kids, no. I don't think the adults got it. So we needed to really just concentrate things down a little bit. And we're going to ask one question for all of us kids involved, but for all of us, the question we're going to ask is, what is so great about Jesus? We sing all these songs to Jesus. We send you back into classrooms where you learn about Jesus. We've told you that even the stories that aren't about Jesus are ultimately about Jesus. And so the question is, what's so great about Jesus? That's really the question we're trying to answer together from these three verses And so I'm going to give you three answers. And here's the first answer. Jesus came at just the right time. We get that from verse 4. Verse 4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son." And that's an odd way to be able to say that Jesus came to us at just the right time in history, especially for us now, because when Jesus came to the earth, it was like 2,000 years ago. And that might feel to most of us like just something that happened in the past. But it's important for us to be able to recognize that Jesus was sent to the earth at just the right moment in history So that one person with uneducated disciples, the team that he had around him, could make such a momentous decision at one spot that it could happen that the entire earth 2,000 years later would be filled with churches that revere Jesus. How did that happen? Over 2,000 years of time, how did it happen that we went from one man with a group of fishermen and some other things in an obscure part of a Roman Empire in order to dominate the entire globe? How did that happen? Well, the first thing that happened is that God analyzed and orchestrated everything that was going on in history, and he picked just the right moment. And the way that Paul said that was, time was full. Now, if you have your notes, one of the questions I asked you in your bulletin is, what would you do if I asked you to draw a picture of fullness? What would it look like to be full? And to kind of help us out with that idea, I've got a bucket. It's not an impressive bucket, but is it full right now? No, it's not full. But if I were to take this bucket and start to load it up, with some of these bricks, the question would be for us, is that full? Would you say that that is full? In one sense, it's kind of full. Could we get some more bricks in there? Like if I had some hidden bricks or something like that, could we get some more bricks in there certainly we could but i'm gonna have trouble getting more bricks is it full of bricks was it full no it's just like if you've had your beans and your you know your meatloaf and some potatoes and then mom asks are you full there's two ways of answering that question right am i full of beans and meatloaf and potatoes yes but are we having dessert because if we're having dessert, I'm not quite full. Because there's a couple other ways of thinking about fullness, right? And that's, is this as full as it can get? No, no. Is there room in there? Of course there's room in there. Did I think ahead and put a a, a, a bag on the ground first? No, I didn't. This is, uh, is going to be a little... Awkward for Anne later, I think, as she's cleaning up. But the question we want to ask is, can we get more into this bucket? Yeah, yeah can we get 50 pounds of sand into that bucket? All right, we hope we get a, a little bit less, because that's, that's a heavy 50 pounds of sand. So if I just pour this sand in there, oh, that's, is this getting fuller? Is, it is, it is getting fuller, that's for sure. Is it totally full? Uh Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, Mrs. Deliver. Okay, That's pretty good. You think we could get more in? That would probably be helpful if we could try to get some more in. All right. Oh, that's pretty good right there. Yeah, you think that's full? I'm thinking that's about full. Do we need any more in order to get to fullness? Is there room for jello, to use our other analogy? No, not really. And here's the point. So perfect was the time when Jesus came that when Paul describes it as time was full, he's referring to the fact that before this point in time, You couldn't travel around the empire together because there was no real safety. But then the Romans came and they established safety and they established roads and they made it possible to travel. But before this time, even if you had traveled outside of your realm, the Tower of Babel had been so effective that it would have been difficult to talk to other people except for the Greeks had come before that and they had established one language So that when the Jews were talking about the non-Jews, they didn't call them non-Jews. Sometimes they called them Gentiles, but other times they called them Greeks. Because to be Greek at that time was almost like thinking about the way that English kind of is today. There was a time that I went over to Israel and I was learning Hebrew. And I was trying to practice my Hebrew because that's what my Hebrew teacher said I had to do. And so there was somebody going past on the road and I said, ma atarawim, ma atarawim, which I thought meant, where are you going? Where are you going? Because there were a lot of people all moving in one direction. So at all these people walking by, ma atarawim, ma atarawim, where are you going? Where are you going? And instead, I think I was asking them, what are you eating? What are you eating? <laughs> And all of them were walking past going, what is wrong with that guy? Let's go over to the other side of the road. Because it didn't make any sense because I couldn't speak their language until a couple of them came by and said, please speak English. (laughs) Because I didn't need to learn their language. That's kind of the way that English functions sometimes in the world is that a lot of people speak English. And when Jesus came at just the right time, when he was full, when everything about Time was just about as full as you could get. Jesus came. And that's what's so great about Jesus, is that he came when time was full. He came at just the right time so that God could use him to make just the right impact. That's the first thing that's so great about Jesus is that he came at the right time, just the right time. But the second thing that's true about Jesus comes as we keep reading from Galatians. We saw that God sent forth his son, right? When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. But this is what it was, his son was like. He was born of a woman. What does that mean? Duh. It means he had a mom. He was born like Any other person? Have you ever known a person who was born not of a woman? No. I don't know you well, and I don't know everybody you've met, but I can tell you this. Everybody you've met fits that category right there. And Paul's saying that when Jesus came, He didn't come as a superhero from the skies. He didn't come like Thor kind of to land on the earth and to look like us but not be one of us. He came just like us. He came at just the right time. And he came just like us, but it wasn't just that he was a human. He also came born under law. And that's what we've been talking about, that word, law. And the law, what we've kind of understood, has been a lot like a a burden. It's been a lot like a difficulty. It's been a lot like the problem of having to walk around and figure out what to do with all the responsibilities that I've got In my life, they can be hard sometimes. They can be difficult to keep sometimes. Sometimes we have to figure out why they don't even land in my backpack. This is tricky stuff. Keeping the law is hard. And keeping the law can be heavy. Let me ask you a question. Just guess. If you had to Put as much weight in your backpack as you could, and you had to carry it around, how much do you think you could carry? Take a guess. What do we think? Do we have a challenger in this room, a little challenger who thinks they could carry this? You know, little challenger, you're practically a man. I don't know that you're, you're a little bit more of a little challenger. Come on up here. All right, let's try. Now, can he hold it? What do we think?
1: Yes.
0: Oh, there. how's he doing? Can you take some more? Don't go away with my backpack. I've got some stuff to do here. Can you take some more bricks? I think so. Okay, let's get some more bricks. I think I've got a brick in here. I do. I have another brick. Now, what do you think about this? How you doing? Okay, how about now? Still good? Uh-huh. Okay, still, you're, you're not teetering. Not all right, we, let's get you up onto the stage. You're going to have to climb up that stair. Oh, he's got it, okay. Now, is that all that we can? No, we won't do it like that. But I do need you to hold this right there. How you doing? good okay sometimes the law can be a little difficult and are how are we doing Oh, are you feeling a little burdened are you feeling a little burdened yes did he do a good job with that burden oh well done if only we had a bigger challenger Maybe what we need isn't a small challenger. Maybe we need a large challenger, a tall, a lanky, a strong. Do I have a champion in the room like that? There's my champion. Champion, have you brought your backpack today? I need the right equipment. I need the right equipment. We need the right man who will carry this weight. Oh, he's come prepared. Ryan, are you ready to embrace the challenge? Can you lift the weight? I can. can Ryan lift the weight, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Yes! Ryan, I don't think you know what I meant by this. Because I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about this. And we're going to start with quick treat that is hardened in my garage. And we're going to figure out how to get the quick treat into the bag. We're going to not start with a quick treat. We're going to start with this, Ryan. There we go. Ryan's doing well. Round of applause to Ryan. Good job, Ryan. Ryan, can you lift the weight? I can. He can lift the weight, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. We'll find a way to put this in there, because that's just how it goes sometimes. Ryan, how you doing? Oh, it's, getting a it's getting a little heavier, but I'm sure you'll do fine. This was the breaking point for Brasiba. Can you lift it? <laughs> yes, I'm he can. Oh, Bob the Builder is back in town. Here we go. What if the law got a little heavier, Ryan? Would you be able to do this? Yeah. Yes, he will. We'll put that up there. This is wonderful. Ryan, I'm going to need you to sit down because I can't lift this one. We've got the 45s. Come on, Ryan. My fingers are stuck, Ryan. Hang on, Ryan. We can get it there. We can get it. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm going to check the knots here. All right. Now, Ryan, we also need this. Somewhere we've got that burden. If you could lift up your hand and hold that for me, that'll be great. And then there's this brick, But if you could hold that there. And actually, Ryan, I'm getting a little tired. If you could lift these for me as well. Just can't do- oh, Ryan, we're so sorry. Was the burden too great even for Ryan? Even for a champion. Even for a champion. Curtis, thank you for your help, sir. I'm sorry to say, guys, you were wrong. Ryan couldn't do it. Because when I said, Ryan, can you lift this weight, did I just mean these weights? I meant this weight. All of it. Could anybody in here lift all of it? Even my champion? Then This is Paul's point. The whole time, for all of history, from the smallest to the biggest, from the shortest to the tallest, no one could carry the whole weight of the law we were, to use Paul's words, under that law. And whether it felt like a little burden that you felt like you couldn't carry, whether it came from big things like bricks that sometimes land on your plate or sometimes from the slow, kind of gradual sense that things get heavier and heavier over time and you're not really sure why they're heavy. But after a while, it just feels like more and more sand is poured onto you. The law is tough. The law is heavy. And every single person is born with a backpack that keeps getting loaded up. And the stupid things about humans is that humans keep putting more and more in their backpacks thinking it's going to get lighter or God will be more happy with me because of the weight that I'm carrying for him. But no champion ever carried the law. No human was ever strong enough until, this is what's so great about Jesus, he met us beneath a great load. Because he was born of a woman. But he was born under the law, and he was the only one whose knees never buckled. He was the only one whose back never bent over. He was the only one who, when a weight was placed on his shoulders, took it all the way up the hill. John Bunyan wrote about a man like this in a movie. It was a movie that we're going to watch later. A book called Pilgrim's Progress. And this is what he said about the burden of the hero in his story. He ran until he came to a hill. And upon that place stood a cross. And below in the bottom, an open tomb. And I saw in my dream that just as the pilgrim arrived at the cross, his burden fell from his shoulders and off his back, and from there it began to tumble down the slope from the cross and so continued to do so until it came to the mouth of the tomb where it fell in, and I saw his burdens no more. We needed a champion. And the great thing about Jesus is that he can meet any individual under the guilt and shame of all of their loads. And he can say, I've got this. I've got this for you. Now, in case you're curious, afterwards, maybe Orion will try and see if there's a way he could even lift this up. Properly prepared, maybe he could do it. Because here's what I know what you're thinking. When the burden comes to you, you're thinking properly prepared, maybe I could do it. Maybe I could be a greater champion than I've had the chance to be. Because sometimes I wasn't ready for the load, or sometimes I wasn't properly prepared for the load, or sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. If Jesus came and he carried the load, you know what that means? You don't have to. You use Romans words, but you get to. But if you're a slave and all you ever have to do your entire life is what's right, is what's expected, is the right thing, well then, get to isn't part of your language at all. But who gets to do things around the house? It's the family. And that's the third thing that's great about Jesus. It's not just that he came at the right time. It's not just that he met us beneath a great load. It's thirdly, that Jesus brings us all the way home. The great thing about Jesus is that he's transformed us from being slaves under a law that we have to obey to children in a family who get to. Sorry, Roman, I'm just going to use that for the rest of the sermon, brother. That was good. Paul says it this way, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, crying, Abba, Father. In other words, dad, two times in two different languages. The way that we get to relate to God because of what Jesus did is that we get the privilege of God treating us the way he treats his son. And when God the Father looks at Jesus... He never once saw his disappointment from the past. His weakness and failure and sin. When God the Father looks at Jesus the Son, the words he used were, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. So for Jesus' entire life, he could look to the Father and he could say, Father. And he could say, hey, when you pray, you get to say, Father, and not, um, Father, um, I wonder if you might pass the cheesy potatoes down to my side of the table. Is so, so there some structure or some formality? A lot of people have interpreted this and said that actually a good translation is daddy. Family language, whatever you call your dad, your pops, your big man. I don't know what you call them. But that sense of familiarity, or if you don't have the relationship that you wanted to with your dad, and you think of the longing that you have for something that maybe never quite worked out here, that's what Paul means here. My dad. My daddy. Jesus said, that's the way you get to come because there was one moment in time when Jesus didn't get to call his father, Father. He actually had to call him God. And that was because on the cross, carrying not just the burden of the law, but the responsibility of breaking the law, being crushed by the curse of the law, he looked up at his father and said, My God. Why have you forsaken me? That's because to be a Christian means God treated Jesus the way he should have treated you, and he treats you the way he should treat Jesus. And that's amazing. And what's amazing about Jesus is not just that he came at the right time, when time was full, not just that he met us under the bricks and the sand and the weights of a heavy load, it's that he came to bring us all the way home. And just in case we think that this is something Paul's just making up for these early Christians in Galatia, at the end of his time in Romans, Paul says it this way All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you memorized that. To be frank, we should all memorize that. But more than whether we just have it in our heads, I think the question that tells us whether we have it in our hearts is do we feel like we have to use special language when we pray? Do we feel like we have to dig up our special resume when we pray? Do we feel like we have to bring something to God or use the right words before God so that he'll listen to us? Or do we believe truly in our hearts that because of what Jesus did, with how great he was at doing it, that he brought us all the way home so that we can talk to God The way a little kid talks to his dad. That's pretty great. That we could know Jesus that way. So if I gave you one piece of homework, what if you practice praying that way? Sometimes it's good to have special words when you pray, special times when you pray. But I think this gets to the point that we don't have to have appointments with God. We don't have to have special language with God. We get access to God to run in and talk to God whenever we want. So your homework is if we believe this, let's pray like this. Let's do that now. Father in heaven, we are really, really glad that we could focus on these verses once again. We're really grateful.